Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cartelli, and with me, as always, my co-host, Luca Moya. What a week for the wild card in the NFL playoffs, Luca. How was it for you? How you been this past week? What's up? Uh, it's been a tough, uh, tough weekend. Can't, you know what? We, we just can't not talk about it. Let's just address the elephant in the room. They sucked on Saturday night. Um, I have no excuses for that performance. I did say, though, defensive line was going to be the key. And what happened? It's like Von Rebel's defensive line out there. You're giving Josh Allen 10 seconds. I play in a touch league where I have four seconds. Josh Allen's getting 10 in the NFL. So that just goes to tell you how much time he had and why they dominated us. Not going to put it completely on the defense because the offense didn't show up until much, much later anyway. So Bad performance. Looks like they can only win when I'm in Buffalo. So it looks like I'm going to have to go to more uh, more playoff games uh, with me and Nikki over here. So Nick's joining us today, Lucas. I'm excited. Let's just completely ignore that game altogether if we can mm-hmm. and just move on because there's going to be a big slate of games uh, this upcoming weekend. It's funny how these podcasts start off with like Lucas. He's either upbeat. He's ready to yeah. go for the pod. And then I ask him a question about the Patriots and, the, and their loss. And he just... He starts off a little low. So let's see if we can bring up the energy. Luca mentioned it. Nick covers. Nick Ionetta is Don't joining us today. Don't call him Nick. What's Three up? for What's four up? last time it. he gave us it. the bets. So we had to bring him back on. Uh, Nick, thank you for joining us. Let's get right into it. Wild card weekend. Bengals defeat the Raiders. Bills defeat the Pats. Bucks defeat the Eagles. 49ers take out the Cowboys. Chiefs handle the Steelers easily. And then we watch the game Monday night. Rams absolutely crush the Arizona Cardinals what was a game like that you were looking out for last week what was the game that stood out to you most the game that stood out to me the most and oh sorry to start just thanks guys for having me on it's always a blast oh, yeah. always here. a blast like no I worries it. I love it I love I love hopping on the zoom call and seeing Moya in his Patriots shirt just sitting there proudly so I don't want to like talk about that game but to me I thought they were going to the AFC championship I predicted it in the in the uh, in the off season, yeah. and it just looks like that team just needs a little bit more more work. You know, they just came off of a rebuild, a one year rebuild, probably the quickest rebuild in NFL history. Came right <laughs> yeah. back to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. But man, like Josh Allen, they could not stop the run game with Josh Allen and those corners. Man, getting torched by Emmanuel Sanders. Guy's been in the league since I was since I was born, basically. So yeah, out there it's... torching people. But <laughs> the game that I was most interested in was Dallas and San Francisco. And I thought that would be the closest game of the weekend. And it was. It came down to the wire. And my biggest takeaway is how, you, how do you expect to win playoff games when you're the most penalized team in the league? You can't. They, they got two defensive holding penalties on run plays in the same game. I've never seen that before in my life. How are you holding on, on a run play? How are, you, how are you a defender holding on a run play? So Dallas comes up short again. Am I surprised? No. Did I expect more from them this year? Yeah, I did. I expect at least the second round meeting between them and the Bucks, And I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get to see that this year. Yeah, me and Nick got a little cowboy in us. So it was tough watching that together, uh, seeing the way that they went out. But I will tell you, though, we are going to get to a betting segment a little bit later. Me and Nick are on an absolute heater right now, Lucas. We are hot in the betting department. So at least the weekend was a little bit better for me uh, in terms of being in the green. 
but that game we were watching together, me and Nick, we saw the exact same game. The whole world saw what was happening. Dallas beat themselves in mm-hmm. that game. The defense, I didn't think, played terrible considering they were holding them to field goals. Like, this game should have been a blowout. Uh, and I think if they had a better QB than Jimmy G, it probably would have been because he missed IU on a wide open pass uh, late in the game. And they wouldn't have settled for field goals. Like, you have a better QB like Rodgers or Brady or Mahomes even – they're cashing them in. We mm-hmm. saw what Mahomes did. We saw what Brady did. We're going to see what Rodgers is going to do now against this same team. So Dallas, they deserve to lose. That's not yeah. a playoff team. And Nick mm-hmm. hit it right off the bat. You're not winning any Super Bowl when you're undisciplined. It just Name me one team that you can honestly say has won a Super Bowl being the most penalized team in the league. And I think they were one yard away from being the most penalized team by yards too. So you're not winning no Super Bowl – if you're just going to start beating yourself, especially against these teams that just like to run the ball, take time off the clock. There were so many times Dallas is in a third and one situation and they're getting like two full starts back to back. It's now third and 11 and mm-hmm. the whole game plan changes and it just completely ruins your offense. So Dallas beat themselves. It was very, very upset with uh, what I was seeing because they just came out like awful. Like it, it was terrible. Like, but this is what Dallas does though. Every single year they go into a playoff game, they get down, a lot. They, they give a lot of hope to people throughout the season. They give hope to people throughout the game because they make it interesting and then they end up losing in the end. You're not going to win any Super Bowl like that. No Super Bowl. They're lucky because if they would have won this game, can you imagine going to play Tom Brady and get, getting that many penalties? The Bucs would have destroyed them if they were just going to be that penalty. So at least they got a better draft pick out of all of this. That's what you got to look for <laughs> if you're a Cowboys fan because you cannot put that showing on in the divisional championship game and then the super bowl it's just not going to happen yeah this was a big game for us especially on the last podcast luca everybody was looking at this game and we were kind of right with san francisco being the underdogs coming into this game and getting it done just because that's the way their team is built i know you guys touched on the penalties but also you could look at the coaching cd lamb wasn't really used as much as he should have been especially with some run plays uh that could have been handled differently I think Kyle Shanahan, for what he's got, was a better coach than Mike McCarthy in there and the Dallas OC. So that comes into it. Also want to hop on the train. I'm in the green this weekend too, San Francisco. I was I went hard on San Francisco that weekend. Debo Samuel, money line, made some made some good cash for that. So let's uh, stick with this game. One thing I want to get your opinion on. Down in the final seconds, Dak goes on that unbelievable run to get the first down. Eventually. Because of that long run, the time runs out. The umpire really didn't touch the ball, and the game is over. What was going through your mind on that play, Luca? Um, well, two things. Number one, we bet on Dak rushing, so it was just good for us. Oh, we it's good like, for you. We, okay. We, <laughs> That's we, what was we, going through his mind. Yeah, we had already hit, but that just, like, iced it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank, thank God. Um, I didn't think it was an – honestly, I didn't think it was an awful play. Like, a lot of people are giving it scrutiny. I, I get it. It's a running play. It's right up the middle. Um, everybody's playing the outside, and that's what San Francisco wanted you to do was do something like that. But they got it. Like, they, he was down. He had time to clock it. Like, if, if this goes anything differently, like, if Dak just hands the ball off to the official, they have one second left. They have a shot at the end zone. But because he didn't, people are calling it a bad play. It's a bad play because they didn't get another playoff. But if they would have thrown it and he would have ran it and they wouldn't have clocked it, it wouldn't have been the uh, it would have been the same thing. You don't clock it, but you still get the yards after. So I didn't think it was a terrible play because they got in position 
to have one final play. And that's what they wanted. They didn't want to do a Hail Mary from the 50 and take two shots at the end zone. They wanted to get around the 30 like they did and take one shot. And they just executed it poorly. Like, you, like Dak knows you have to get that ball to the official. It's a stupid rule. The official moving it back and forth, they were probably half of a second away from pulling off what would have been a crazy last play of the game type of situation. But they screwed up. I have no problem with the draw call, to be completely honest with you, because it got them in position. They just executed it badly at the end by not giving the ball to the official. Yeah, I'm muted there, eh, bud? Yeah, Come on. Rookie You're mistake. a rookie. It's a rookie <laughs> mistake. Anything to add there, Nick? I think it was a gutsy play call. Uh, as you can see, it, it went the worst way. Yeah. I do agree with Moya where if they did end up clocking it, wow, that's a genius play, man. Nobody would have saw that coming. Dak rubs up the gut for 25, 30 yards. Now they have a real chance at tying this football game, right? You're in range to, to hit the end zone. Hill Mary, you're not going to hit it from there, like 1% chance. So I think it was a gutsy play call. You can blame it on the ref, but it's the rule. So, like, yeah. can you? And Dallas put themselves in that position to start with. So I don't I, – I would have just liked to see more from Dallas throughout the whole game, really, to avoid having to make a play call like that. But it's a gutsy call, and that, that call makes or breaks the game, and it just so happened to break it. So moving on, another big conversation. Just here. moving on. Yeah, Just well, we're moving. I you guys touched on pretty much all of it. Another big conversation is throughout the season and since the breakup is the Brady Belichick, how they are looking not together. Belichick obviously loses, and Brady moves on to the divisional round, and he's coming off for Super Bowl. Nick, I want to ask you, who's winning in this rivalry or like breakup relationship? Is it still Brady the player, or is it? Belichick the coach because yes he took these Patriots you you said it right off the top of the show the Patriots probably had one of the fastest rebuilds ever in NFL history they're back in the playoffs after a down year last year but Brady is the player he's the guy that can make a difference on the field day in and day out Belichick can only give Mac Jones or whoever's at quarterback a game plan and if he doesn't execute it look what happens they lose so where do you stand on the Brady Belichick rivalry rivalry it's sad for me to say, but I don't even think it's much of a rivalry anymore. This uh, Tom Brady character, you know, the guy who's won seven Super Bowls, comes to Tampa his first year, wins a Super Bowl. This year, Mike Evans has been out. Chris Godwin's out for the whole year. Leonard Fournette's out. Uh, they have a, a new running back named Keyshawn Vaughn in the backfield. Like, I feel like he's had to go through more adversity this year than he had to last year. And Tom Brady just shows up. He always shows up. He always puts the ball in places where they need to be. He always gets, gives his team a chance to win, and that's uh, that you have to respect him for that. Yeah, it, it's a tough argument because I think Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, and we have to go with what we know. You can say he had Brady. Okay, fine. He had Tom Brady, but what are you going to do? He's the one who drafted Brady in the sixth round. Anybody else could add him six times. Anybody could add him six times if they really wanted to or whatever. I don't know uh, how many picks each team had in that draft, but I'm just saying generalizing it. You could have had Brady if you wanted to. So mm -hmm. I think Belichick coached him into the player he was today. Um, there's no doubt about that because having faith to start a rookie QB like that, him leading your team, 
to a Super Bowl after, you know, holding defenses and offenses to like limited points, like way below their season averages in the biggest games of the year. That's on Belichick. But this is why I always said the debate was 55-45 for Brady, because I think they're both extraordinary in what they do. But at the end of the day, Brady's playing the game. Mm-hmm. He's the one who has to go out there and actually execute it. The game plan can be absolutely perfect, but you still need someone to go out there and actually deliver it. And Brady did that for so many years in New England, and now he's doing that in Tampa Bay. Not saying Mac Jones. Now, these comparisons with Mac Jones and Tom Brady, like let's just relax a little bit. Like It's unfair for Mac to be compared to a guy like that. But at the same time, like, can you honestly say that the Patriots would have won that game if they have Tom Brady? I'm not going to say they would have won. Would have been closer? Maybe right? Maybe uh, Tom would have kept up a little bit more, um, not go down early, but guys, that defense was awful. Like, this is the ultimate team sport, and, I, and we, me and Nick have talked about it. There's luck in every single championship, and every single one of Brady's championships, and every single one of Brady's losses in the Super Bowl, he's been lucky, and he's been unlucky. He's just been on the winning end more times than not. So, that's what it comes down to. I'm not saying Brady would have won that game on Saturday, I personally think it would have been a little bit closer, but they still would have lost. Like Brady wouldn't have to put up 47 points. They didn't even punt the damn ball. How do you expect to win a football game if you're not, if you're not getting off the field at all? So it it was just one of those things, but it's always for me going to be 45, 55, just because Brady's one actually executing the game plan. But Belichick, what he's done over the years, it, it cannot be, it's not impressive. Like it's just what he has done is phenomenal. So they're both going to go down the Hall of Fame. They're both going to be mm. first ballot Hall of Famers. I think right now we just have to enjoy their time together because you're never going to see a run like that ever again, in my opinion. Yeah, I just think it's more It's like it's more the player, and I guess I'm coming from a player standpoint. I've never coached a sport. Yeah. like I've never been behind the bench putting a game plan in for players. So more of the players have to go out there and actually, actually execute it. So I guess Brady, like Nick said, is it's pretty much uh, favored for him. Luca uh, told me before the show that Nick wants to get into the seventh team debate in the NFL playoffs. You do, you're not a big fan of this. Oh no! So, for instance, I'm like, I like it as a fan because I get an extra game to watch, you know, and that's the whole point of it. They bring in more revenue, bring in more money for the league. But man, like, did that? Did those seven seed versus the two seed now feel like like a practice game for them? Yeah, Kansas City absolutely blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tampa Bay absolutely blew out Philly. Like there's, this is not, it's not even a competition. They shouldn't even mm-hmm. technically be in the playoffs. Like they both, it's not like I'm seeing an upset or I'm seeing close games. It's, it's almost just like uh here, go out, have fun. You get an extra game. Yeah. I, I like, it did give us like a, a good like suspense to the towards the end of the season where like like the Chargers game and and the Raiders game like winner makes it or uh, we were talking to Andrew Denopolis, the Saints fan Nick you're a Saints fan as well uh, yeah. if if I think if Sam Fran won, or if the Rams won then the Saints would get in something like that so I guess it gives you more suspense like down down the road in week seventeen week eighteen but I, yeah pretty much the scores show it that. All pretty much all the games were blowouts except for the uh, the Dallas and 49er game. I just think the wrong teams got in, to be honest. <laughs> like, the wrong teams got like, in. Like, you think like, it's different if the Chargers make it? Like, if the Chargers made it, oh, I'm not saying they would have won. Mm-hmm. 
again, you have to realize it is a seven versus two seed. It's supposed to be lopsided because that team is supposed to be way better than the seventh seed. So it's clearly going to be a case of, you know, the two seed should win that game. But, you know, if the Chargers made it, it would have made it more interesting. Even if the Colts made it, like if the Colts played against uh, Kansas City, it would have been a pretty cool game to watch, I think. Like it would have been a nice game. If the Saints stayed healthy, that could have been an interesting game if they made the seventh seed. If you know Minnesota can find it, could close games. They've shown in the they, they beat the Packers this year. Like they they were a team that was pretty good throughout the regular season. They just again inconsistency. So I just think the wrong teams made it, unfortunately. And it's tough to say that because Indianapolis lost to Jacksonville, so they didn't really deserve to make it at the end of the day. But I think if you would have had Indian there or had the Chargers in there instead of Pittsburgh or Philly not making, and one of the other NFC teams made it. It would have made it a little bit more interesting because this was the wildest year in the NFL. Like there were upsets like week in, week out, and the week 18 drama was amazing. Like Andy losing to the Jacks and into the Jags, the Steelers being literally two seconds away from being knocked out from a tie. Like it was just insane. But I think the wrong teams got in personally. I like the seven teams because obviously it gives, you know, your team, like your team, your respective teams to everybody listening, mm-hmm. a better chance of you making it. But when you're going up against the Chiefs and you're going up against the Bucks, like the chances are low to begin with, anyways. Like, no matter who you play, it's Mahomes and Brady you're absolutely destroying your teams. But I just think the wrong teams got in this year. And uh, we saw that this weekend. Well, that wraps up the wildcard weekend as we move into the divisional weekend coming up Bengals, Titans, 49ers, Green Bay. Bills and Chiefs, and then the Rams and Bucks. And Nick, this is why we brought you on. We want you to preview uh, this week coming up. Players to look out for, teams to maybe watch out uh, on the lines uh, for betting. So what do you got for us? Okay, so I don't want to give, like, I don't want to say, like, some superstars, like, oh, you guys got to look out for Devontae Adams. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. thanks, Nick. Like, really? Yeah, obviously, yeah. Devontae Adams. There's, there's a couple of guys here that I think, if you don't look out for them, they're going to be a massive problem. They could be a huge pain in your side. And uh, one of them, I talk so highly about him every week. I tell Luca about him all the time, Debu Samuel. If you do not watch Debu Samuel, he will make you pay, either from the running back position, in the slot, out wide. This guy can do everything that they need him to do on that field, and he's fast, explosive, can catch very good after the catch and very good after contact. So if I'm the Green Bay Packers right now, I am game planning against Debu Samuel and I'm making Jimmy Garoppolo try to beat me with any of the other weapons. Because what we've seen from San Fran so far is Kittle, block, give us some more time in the pocket, help us with our run blocking, help us with our pass blocking. He hasn't really been too big of a threat in the passing game. Their running back, Elijah Mitchell, he's, he's a decent running back. And their other wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk, he's good. But you need to game plan against Debu Samuel because he can beat you in a lot of ways. And the second player I have to say, he just came off of an ACL tear or Achilles, Cam Akers. As the Bucks, do not let the Rams start getting that run game going. Because if they get that run game going, then they can beat you in the pass game with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., and Justin Van Jefferson, you got to watch Cam Akers because he looked explosive against the Cardinals on Monday night, and he likes to finish his runs. So get him tied up in the backfield, bring him to the ground, wrap up. Don't let him beat you guys. Interesting. Uh, I like well, Debo's been on a tear, like, all year. So he's 
he's so fun to watch. Like I'm t- I told you guys, like the 49ers offense is my favorite to watch. It's from a from a technical standpoint, it's like watching a pitcher pitch, Lucas. Like you might think it's so boring, but watch it. It's beautiful football. Mm-hmm. Like if the you way understand they, it. Yeah, if you understand the way these guys run offense, the way they're like they're moving guys around the formation, they're pulling their guard. Like it's just oh I, enough of that. It's just manifesting about the 49ers. I gotta watch out for for me is Alan Lazard this week uh, for the Packers. This guy he's got five touchdowns in the last five games, 70 yards or more three in the last five and five or more receptions in again, three of the last five games. So he's heating up and Devontae Adams, we know he's going to get his 12, 15 targets a game, but this is another guy who you, you're going to, you're probably going to want to triple Devontae. And it's still not going to work, but Lazard's proven to be pretty reliable wide receiver too. It's easy when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers and he just puts it in the perfect spot, but I think he's gained that trust of Rodgers. And it's hard to do because we know Rodgers is very, very picky with his receivers. So Lazard for me is one of those guys where I think he's going to come up big this weekend and he's going to help the Packers. I think they're the best team in the league. And I think Devontae and Aaron Rodgers are a huge part of that, but the supporting cast around them, I think Lazard is due for a big day against the 49ers uh, because all the attention's on him, the two headed monster in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers, right? Lazard, I think over the last five games, he's really come into his own and they're starting to use him more and more. So I would watch out for number 13 on the Packers uh, this weekend. Well, Nick, as we wrap up here, he went three for four in the first time he gave us bets. So as the lines uh, change throughout the week and we get closer uh, to the games, Nick will give us his, yes. his four picks uh, for this upcoming weekend. As we send you off, Nick, give us <laughs> your picks for the winners of, uh, of divisional playoff football. As it stands, divisional playoff football. Okay, this is these games can go either way. A lot of them. This yeah, is the most games. wide open NFL I've seen in a while. I feel like last year I kind of expected Kansas City to be in the finals, and I, I expected Tampa to be there or Green Bay. This year, it's it's very open. It's very competitive, but these are my picks. I would have to go Green Bay to edge out San Francisco, and then on the other side, unfortunately for you, Lou. I see Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams edging out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think they have the firepower this year to keep up with the Los Angeles Rams. Moving over to the AFC. Wow. The Bengals and Titans game is contingent on one thing. If you let Derrick Henry run for 200 yards on you, you're winning that game. Is he back? They just take, oh. they took him off the IR. Oh. If you let this man oh, no. <laughs> run for more than 100 yards on you, you're losing the game. If they can stop that run game, I can very much see the Bengals with that offense and that firepower being able to make it past this round and beat the Titans. I'll but put I'm a star on that one. Say if Derrick Henry runs for 100, Titans win. But if he doesn't, Bengals win. Easier said than yeah. done. Just stop that guy. <laughs> just so you know. And the yeah. last game. That, that's be... a very hard. Yeah. That's a very hard job. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like the Titans, though. I feel like maybe the moment will be too much for a young Joe Burrow, but, but I do like him. But I think the Titans in this game edge them out, and I also think Kansas City will beat the Bills. Wow. I think when you come off of a high. Like beating a division rival in the Patriots, 
You went one and one with them. They ran all over you the first time they came to Buffalo. And then you just drop a perfect game on them. I think it's only down from there. Mm-hmm. I think the Buffalo Bills struggle against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Wow. So, this Nick, is, before, uh, before he goes, Luca, what was your Super Bowl pick from the start of the year, though? My Super Bowl pick? Yeah, yours. Yeah. I always had the Chiefs in from the AFC, and then I was thinking Tampa from the NFC. So, he had a rematch. He had a rematch. Yeah, he had the rematch. I did okay, okay. Rematch. That's that's. He's going against Brady, and you know what? That's fine. Because if we bring him I'm on here next year. Week, yeah. You see, if Brady had all of his, like, if Brady had, even if he had Godwin or AB, like, even one of them, I feel like Nick might, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, Nick, but you, you think he would have swung? In the no, I would have took Tampa. Yeah, so, see, even just one of them being there, I think is huge for the Bucks. but Brady's got this, guys. He's got this in the bag, okay? He's How confident this. are you oh, in your goat? One to ten? Eight. Wow. I'll tell you right now. That's high. I guarantee you Brady is pissed off because when they lost to them in the regular season, I think it was like week five or whatever, week three, it was early in the year. Sean McVay running up and down the sideline, celebrating with his team's end zone. I already know that pissed him off. Like it probably pissed him off because he's like, yo, relax fam. Because when we come into the playoffs and play you guys, which people (laughs) thought they were going to play again, we're just going to like, we're just going to come up that way. Either it be in the NFC Championship game or the divisional game. We expected both of these teams to make it this far, at least. I guarantee you mm-hmm. that's sitting in his head. He's pissed off because of that loss. And remind you that that game came one week before he had to play the Patriots. I'm not saying he was thinking about the Pats and the reunion and stuff like that, but its focus is solely on getting revenge on this team, and I think he's going to do it. He may be pissed off, but I think – the lack of firepower now on his offense because True. we've seen the situation with AB. We've seen Chris Godwin's out for the year, four nets out of the year. Mike Evans going to have a hard time with you-know-who across, lining up across from him, yeah. Dylan Ramsey. And yeah. then you got the pass rush of Aaron Donald and that Rams defense. I, I just – I see, I will never write off Tom, but I think this year it might be a little too much for just him. He need, yeah. He's going to need a little bit more help from their defense – which I don't know if they can uh, – I, I can't see their defense stopping. Cooper Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, Matthew Stafford, Higby. Yeah, It I, just I, might I, be too much to chew. It's definitely going to be – the key to the game, I think, will be Stafford against the defense. Like, if the defense can give Brady – like, if the, if the defense can hold the, the Rams, which is still a lot, but, like, maybe to, like, 25 points, I can see Brady going in there winning that game, like, putting up 25 or more to win that game. You start getting in the 30s – that's going to be a little tough, but still, I mean, we've seen uh, Tom do more with less, so it's tough, but this is, this is an opponent unlike no other, like the Rams are, they're for real. Like they're a really, really good team. And, and they're showing you why they trade all their draft picks because they don't care. They want to win now. They did it for Stafford, they did it for OBJ. And last night they were both great. So it's going to be tough for Tampa Bay. Um, I, I'm just going to go quick. I, I have, I have the, the Packers. I think the Packers are the best team in the league. And so I think they're going to win. I have Tennessee like Nick. Derrick Henry or not, I still think they win this game. I, I just think they're that good of a team. They've proved me wrong all year. They get quality wins. Mike Vrabel is the head coach of the year, in my opinion. They're going to win that game. And Stefan Diggs' revenge game, if you remember, when they lost, he watched the ceremony. He has been waiting all year for this game. I think he balls out, and I think the Bills take them down. So 
and I have to because I predicted at the beginning of the year, Chiefs not getting the number one seed. Got that right. Chiefs not making the AFC Championship game, and I have to stick to it at this point, no matter who mm-hmm. they play. So I have to go with the Buffalo. And uh, to be honest, I hope Buffalo wins. I would like to see Tennessee in the in the Super Bowl. Like that'd be pretty cool. Like just a, a team that was so bad for most of our childhood to make it to the Super Bowl. I feel like that'd be a pretty cool story. But they both got to get through uh, big opponents uh, in this week. So that, those are my picks. I'm going with the Bengals because I like the underdog. Okay. Obviously, Joe Burrow, he's come up in big games. We saw it in college. We saw it last week. Uh, let's yeah. see if he can take down the Titans. Green Bay, I just think they're the top team in the league. Then we have the Bills because they are my Super Bowl pick. And next up, I'm worried about like watching the Rams play last uh, last night. They didn't play their best game, and they still dominated the Arizona uh, Cardinals. So if they can step up against Brady and the Bucks, a depleted Brady and the Bucks, I'm a little worried. But I'm gonna have to go with Tom Brady, Luca. I'm I'm, I'm sick of doubting him. And again, my pick from the start of the year was Bills and Bucks in the Super Bowl. So we'll it see was. if that comes yeah. to to fruition. Nick, thank you for coming on and joining joining us uh, once again. His picks will be out later in the week. So Nick, thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast, guys. It's always a blast. It's a pleasure, Nick. We'll see if we can call you Nick Covers after this week. We'll see if we can call his reputation of Nick Covers stays. Take it easy. Thank you, Nick, for coming on. It's always a pleasure uh, to have him. Let's move on to a little bit of hockey here. The NHL All-Star have been picked. Luca, Brad Marchand wasn't part of it. Can you Uh, believe that? I can, unfortunately. It's such a dumb, such a dumb, uh, dumb format. Oh, the way they do it. I wanted to ask you about this. I'm just trying to get the NHL All Stars up here. Yeah, but who 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 said that quote about it's not a participation? It was McKinnon. Nathan no? McKinnon, because and so we'll get it, we'll get into that. So the Atlantic Division: Matthews is the captain, Bergeron, Dalene, Larkin, Huberto, Nick Suzuki, Drake Batherson, Victor Hedman, Vasilevsky, Jack Campbell. And last men in was just announced today, Steven Stamkos. For the Pacific Division, we got Connor McDavid, the captain, John Gibson, Johnny Goudreau, Leon Dreisaitl, Adrian Kempe, Timo Meyer, Jordan Eberle, Thatcher Demko, Alex Petrangel, Mark Stone. And for the Pacific Division, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Troy Terry as well getting in, which again, mm-hmm. rightfully deserves. Nathan McKinnon is the captain of the Central Division with Clayton Keller, Alex DeBrincat, Kale McCarr, Joe Pavelski. Quill Kaprizov, Cam Talbot, UC Saros, Jordan Cairo, Kyle Connor, and as well, Nazem Kadri gets in as the last man in. And then finally, the Metro Division, we've got Ovechkin as the captain, Freddie Anderson, Sebastian Ajo, Zach Wierenski, Jack Hughes, Adam Pellick of the New York Islanders, Adam Fox of the New York Rangers, Chris Kreider, Claude Giroux, Tristan Jari, last man in, Jake Gensel. See, it just baffles me that the last man in, Steven Stamkos, I think should have been there already. Mm-hmm. Last man in for uh for the Pacific Division, Troy Terry, who's went on an absolute tear to start the season and is continuing to score goals and put up points for Anaheim, who's surprising everybody. He's the last man in. And and Nazem Kadri. And you just brought it up that Nathan McKinnon said it's not a participation game. Like fans want to see all-stars. They don't want like I don't I really don't think they care that an Ottawa Senator didn't make it in. And just because Drake Batherson is like the best player on that team, he gets to go. You know what I mean? 
Well, what about Suzuki, man? Like Suzuki. What the too. hell is like, that? He, he's not 19 even... points in 37 games and you're an all-star? I, that's what I don't understand. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like John Tavares should have been there instead of Nick, Nick Suzuki. And William Nylander should have been William there Nylander. instead of Suzuki. He should have, he should have been uh, up for that vote for the last minute. I think John I Tavares agree. was was uh, was the Leaf candidate there. But it just it, fans want to see all-stars. That the best of the best is what they want to see. That's why you're an all-star. That's like, why in the NBA does it the best. You can have three, four all-stars on one team. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I want to see the best players play in this game. I think I want to see Drake Batherson do Because I don't think this drills. is fan-voted. I don't think the NHL is fan-voted. I think it's just picked by the NHL. I don't know. I personally, I, I don't know. Because know we, we all know mixed. the NBA is the fan voting, and sometimes it gets sometimes it gets a little it gets a little bit like stale because you have the same players in every time. Right? But it is fan voting because didn't John Scott make it that one year? Or mm-hmm. did they change it? So so it is fan voting. I didn't I, I think never it's a saw... little bit fan voting, a little bit because um, I thought just the it. last men in was the fan voting. So I was like, okay. Well, bro, that's why fan... Austin Matthews kept like he kept reposting like John Tavares highlights John Tavares last men in because he wanted him to go. But again, William Nylander is the leading point getter on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's not going to the all-star game. What about Bergeron? Bergeron's about... top 20 in the league, and you have Suzuki in there over him. And no, and Bergeron's in. Bergeron's in. Yeah, Marshawn didn't make Marchand. it. Yeah, Marshawn. Oh, did I say Bergeron? Okay, yeah, I meant Marshawn. Marshawn should be in. And Marshawn wasn't even the last guy in. It was McAvoy, which, okay, McAvoy's a great player. Mm-hmm. But still, it should still be Marshawn. Like, you cannot tell me that Suzuki deserves it more. Drake Batherson? Are you kidding me? You think, honestly, though. This is why the Atlantic division is so bad because they have such bad teams and they have to make a guy go in Mm -hmm. for every single team, right? Like, I'm sorry, though. If you're – you have great teams, great players on a great team. Like, Batherson, for me, okay, for what, 30 points in 26 games? Like, okay, buddy. But you have have Marshan, who's more deserving. Nylander, who's more deserving. Suzuki shouldn't even – there should not be a Montreal Canadian even close to an all-star game considering the season that they've been having. Like, you cannot find one bright spot from that team. Even if Carey Price was playing. Like, seriously, he's probably the only guy you can maybe make a case for. And his GA probably would have been four considering the way Mm -hmm. how Montreal has been playing. They are so, so bad. Okay, how do they have an all-star? It's an all-star game. This is a this is a stat. This is why when you see guys go into the Hall of Fame, right? You say, oh, this guy's a seven-time all-star, three-time Stanley Cup winner, like an all-star in the NHL. Now there's absolutely means no nothing. Weight to it. There's means no nothing. weight. There's no weight. You know who's an all-star. Like Matthews, okay, fine. You can say he was a seven-time all-star. Okay, fine. Right? Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, McDavid, McKinnon, these guys. These are the guys that you can say, okay, you know what? All-star means a lot. But you have a guy like JT. I don't know what his all-star games are, but he should have considerably more than what he has. Mm-hmm. There's going to be guys like Marshan who just got left off, considerably more than he has. Suzuki's going to have more all-star appearances, seriously, than some guys on these good teams just because they have to please everybody, please the fan base. You think anybody in Montreal actually cares if they have an all-star? They probably just care that they want to tank. They don't care to see one of their guys in the all-star game. Like, They stink. I, I, dude, I totally you agree. See, no, honestly, Lucas, do you want to see Drake Batherson in the skills competition, or would you rather see Marsham? Would you rather see uh, Barkov? Like Barkov, even Barkov. How is like he Jonathan not- Huberto is the he's Bro. the top player on that Florida Panthers team, but Barkov, Barkov is like right there, neck and neck with him. How is Barkov not in if Florida is the number one team in the league, bro? And you only have one guy. That makes zero sense to me. Like you see, like 
you, you're the best yeah. team in the league and you don't even have your captain there. The best team in the league. And Barkov, the reason why he has not a lot of points because he's only played 25 games. Mm-hmm. This guy has played 12 less games than Suzuki and has 10 more points. How does this make any sense, man? They should bring back, seriously, the format should be all-stars from the East, all-stars from the West. You have 60, you have nine forwards, okay? And you do a fantasy draft. A fantasy draft, three on three. That would be so much fun. This is what the NBA did. That's why it's more competitive now in the NBA, even though last year was a blowout. But still, don't you want to see different players play with different people? Or, but like, what don't about- you want to see McKinnon play with uh, like Sid? Because Sid didn't make it, right? Sid yeah. wasn't going to be a captain. It probably would have been Ovechkin, even mm-hmm. if Sid played the full year. Because yeah. Ovechkin, Ovechkin, no, Ovechkin deserves player. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine McKinnon and Sid playing? You already robbed us of the Olympics. The World Cup of hockey is never going to come back. So you're never going to be able to see great players playing with great players. Like, And especially when you go to the All-Star game, you're going to have guys playing with guys on their team. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, Bergeron and Marshan, they're great. Love seeing them. But I, I see that all the time. Yeah, I want to see, see Marshan yeah, and, and, totally, and, and Matthews, man. How about that? I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, they would play together if the, if the format's the same. But I agree with you have the yeah, Atlantic. But, you have team captains, four team captains, and you fantasy did. draft. Because again, that adds another thing for the NHL for viewership to watch because everybody wants to watch that. Like I would tune into a fantasy draft oh. just as you got picked. Then you would actually tune into the game because you actually want to see what magic can happen between maybe McDavid and Matthews. Hmm. Yeah, we always hype up Matthews versus McDavid. What about Matthews and McDavid are on the same team on three on three? Bro, like uh, that's this is exactly what I'm like this is what and it I'm creates saying. moments Phil Kessel gets picked last uh drunk Ovechkin there uh wanting the car he wants to get picked last like it, it creates moments this is what I'm saying like and I now that the these fa- these guys come and like the three on three it's so like watered down because like are they even trying there's not really any back checks three personally I don't mind I just you gotta give more incentives you know what I mean like winning yeah, team gets a million dollars you get a bonus yeah. if you score uh, three goals in the all-star game something like that so the guys like actually have a good game because we know three on three is very entertaining we love watching three on three overtimes it's, so. it's so much fun, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I don't need to see the guys on the same team play on the same team. Now, obviously, if you're a captain and you have your teammate there, you're going to pick them. Fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't want to see, like, bro, we have to see, like, Matthews is clear in a way the best player in the Atlantic, and now he's got to be paired up with Drake Batherson. Like, are you kidding? Suzuki? Like, come on. Like, give me something else. Give me – this is why they're the most dead league. And they do it to themselves. They have no advertisement on social media. You don't see any commercials with, with these great players. You see progressive commercials with Baker Mayfield and, mm-hmm. and Rodgers and Mahomes doing the head and, and shoulder well, stuff. Well, I guess it's not yeah. as big in the in the United States with that. Like, yeah, that's but they don't even be. try, though. They yeah. don't even try to make it big. And like this is a prime example of that. Bro, you, you, you turn on the general hockey fan, right? I guarantee you the general hockey fan that doesn't know anything about sports is going to come in and say, where's Crosby? you will be like, what about that? That? A general Toronto fan, where's the rat? Where's Marshan? Yeah. And it's like, who? I, 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 I will put my life savings on it that there's going to be at least ten percent of the people who don't watch hockey that's going to tune into the All Star Game saying, "Who the hell is Drake Batherson?" Yeah, and I'm not dissing not, Drake. Not, Batherson, Jake's not a good player. Like if he, just, if I'm he had sorry, thirty, if he was lighting it up for the Ottawa Senators. Okay, fine. He deserves it. But I'm just saying there's so many other players who are having great seasons so far, and they don't get in because, because of this. You had to have representation of every team. That's You're what right. I'm saying. 
And I, right. this is why the, this is a league. Like, they have to have more fun. Like, it's such a – this is, again, oh, hockey players are underpaid. That's because they have no views because of shit like this, man. Crosby makes less money. Like, Van Vliet doubles Crosby's earnings in, like, in these four years. Like, doubles is, McDavid's earnings. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's something against <laughs> Van Vliet and McDavid. But, bro, the sport is dead as, as it is, and you're doing mm-hmm. this? Like, come on. Give us something entertaining. Ready? Like, okay, COVID and the Olympics is fine, but there's no World Cup of Hockey anymore, right? Like, They need no to bring that back. They, they have to. need to bring that back. Put the best of the best together and make a fantasy draft. Like a three-on-three best of the best flying up and down the ice. That's already fun. Like, make it fun. Like, a skills competition. Like, w- like why not have, like, a skills competition with, with a fantasy drafted team? Like, it, it would be so much fun, I think. And you have a tournament-style play. Yeah. Like, it's a tournament-style play. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be 10 minutes, this team versus this team. What if you did, like, a – okay, this might be a lot, but, like, five-minute games where you play every single team once. And yeah, like, like a like tournament style. Has, yeah, the team who has the most points, those two teams go to the final or something. Like, yeah. Just change it up. Like, this is this is old now. Mm. Every team needs to be represented. No one cares. Like, man, like, my captain's in, right? Like, Bergeron's in. I would really rather see Marshawn. Marshawn's been the best player on the Bruins. Yeah. Everybody loves Bergeron. Everybody, he's such a well-respected player, but Marshawn deserved it. I don't care for me. I don't care because you can make a case Pasternak should be in too over these other guys. So many players are getting left out because of this format, and I'm so tired of it. And this is why the NHL fails to grow because of stuff like this. Can you imagine baseball, bro? Can you imagine baseball? You have Otani in, Trout can't be in. Yeah. Or or the Jays had, what, four or five All-Stars? Vlad, you're in. Robbie Ray's a Cy Young winner. You can't come in. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It makes that sense. was the spotlight on the All-Star game, the rant yeah, right there. for Luka Moya. But you agree, though, no? No, I agree. I totally agree. That When I saw these teams come out and Kadri doesn't get in all this, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any no. sense from uh, just a viewership, a marketing standpoint. Just doesn't make any sense sense and like you said that is why they are the fourth like out of the top four sports they're they're four and soccer is above them too even soccer is above them so well they're the number one sport in the world but still if we had more time we'll come up with different ideas to do for an nhl all-star game but we are out of time for this podcast uh you can listen to the l2 sports podcast radio public google podcast breaker apple podcasts and spotify we are coming to youtube very soon so stay tuned for that for Luca Moya, I am Luke Scartelli. Follow us on Instagram at the L2 Sports Podcast. My Instagram at L or Lucas Scartelli23 and Lucas at L Moya92. Thank Whoa, you for tuning in. Look at this what? guy doesn't even know. You said 92. That's your thing. It's the false advertisement to his partner here. Can you guys believe this? What's your Luca Instagram? Moya 12 And this guy is saying 92. I can't believe it. Wasn't it nine? I've said 92 for like every podcast. Maybe that's why you're not getting any followers. Maybe this is why I don't have <laughs> requests, man. This could be a big reason. It's gonna be, they're like, who's this guy? And then nothing's <laughs> coming up. No results. This guy's MIA. Thank you for tuning in for Luca. I'm Lucas, and we'll see you guys next week.